Lovely. Good morning, good morning. It's good to see you all, all your smiley faces. Um, I've had the most amazing, the most amazing, wonderful time. I am so incredibly grateful to all of you because you enabled it to happen. And so I can't say thank you enough. I mean, words... Words cannot express what a gift this last three months has been for me. And the way that you've prayed for me, you've covered me in prayer, you've covered my family in prayer. And on top of that, you generously gave as well. Um, And when I received your gift, I was just totally, totally bowled over. I mean, I was literally speechless. Um... And I just say thank you. Thank you for letting me have this most amazing experience. Um, Now, yes, it is written in our contracts that we are allowed to take sabbaticals. But as most of you know, having taken so much time off last year, I didn't think I would still be entitled to one because I had time off sick last year. So when Nigel first said to me, why have you thought about taking your sabbatical this year? I just thought, I can't, I can't. I had so much time off last year, I can't take more time off. And yet, I realized that it was a gift from God and that actually I was entitled to a sabbatical and it's okay to take it. But do you know that feeling sometimes? You know, we we talk, don't we? We talk about God having this banqueting table and there's so much available for us. But how often do we actually take it? How often do we take over and above what we actually need? And that's what my sabbatical felt like. It felt like such a generous gift. It was over and above any practical need. But it was a gift, and it was a gift that God gave me. And you helped me to receive that gift, all of you. So thank you. Thank you. So in my preparation for my sabbatical, I thought, okay, what do I do? And, of course, Nigel had one at the beginning of last year. And so he was a wonderful support. He was really helpful to think about what, what to do with it. Now, obviously, I have family here Glenn, unfortunately, wasn't able to take three months off because otherwise we might have just disappeared off somewhere for three months. Um, But that wasn't the case. Glenn still had his work to do. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go away for some of the time and I'll go away and come back and go away and come back. And that's basically the pattern that I did throughout the three months. And then you think, okay, well, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? I wanted to get some input, so I booked myself onto some conferences. I went on some retreats. But it also gave me time to reconnect with people. And so I had the wonderful opportunity to reconnect with a lot of people, many of whom I've not seen for a long time. Um, And I've got masses of stories about all the things that happened during this time. And I could keep you all sitting here for hours going through every detail of every day and every week and every month, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to highlight a few things. 
But I just wanted you to get the overall picture that some of the things I planned, it was purely for fun. Some of it was for input and some of it was to connect. And sometimes when I book things, I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And yet I can probably say that everything that I did turned out way better. It was more special than I could ever have imagined. It really was. So even just connecting with some of the people that I've known in the past, their reaction and the fun that we had together, it was really, really special. So, sorry, my mouth's gone a bit dry. Let me have a drink. So the first thing that I did, I drove on Easter Monday from here all the way down to St. Ives. Thank you, Scott. Now, I haven't got, I'm not the best photographer, so you've only got a few snaps. But this is one, one of the many bays down at St. Ives. Uh, Why was I going to St. Ives? Because I had this random idea to book myself onto a painting course. I'm not an artist. But somehow this painting course just caught my attention. And I thought, what fun. Let's do something completely different, completely out of the norm for me. So off I went. And as you know, having been so sick last year, I thought I've got a six-hour drive down to St. Ives. I didn't actually know how my body would respond. Would I cope with it? And it was the most beautiful day. It was fantastic. The whole journey went smoothly. I rested every couple of hours, got down there without a problem at all. So again, I just thought, thank you, Lord. I was able to do that journey, and it was great. St. Ives, many of you know it. It is a beautiful place. But I was in St. Ives Painting School. St. Ives Painting School has a whole history of artists, And I was in this amazing studio, which unfortunately I didn't take a picture of. Um, But it was a real, I I, I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than it was an amazing painting studio. They had everything you could think of that we could access. And then we were taken through a series of exercises. The first one being, look at your hand and draw it without looking at the paper. Do that with your dominant hand. The next one was, do it with your non-dominant hand. And you're thinking, huh? I can't do this. And the exercises just flowed along that, that theme of doing things and just get on and do it. No erasers, not allowed to take your time trying to make it look pretty, just do it. And As the days went on, we did so many different exercises, but what it showed me was don't worry about the finished product, but just go with the flow. And that's really what I realized as the week went on, that God was helping me to just go with the flow. Stop worrying about what's ahead. Just take it in your stride and enjoy. And I did. I had fun trying to mix colors, which I couldn't mix. I had fun trying to create these wonderful scenes 
which I couldn't do, but I had fun. It was good. I was by myself, so I was in a B&B by myself. I went into restaurants by myself. Now, for some people, that's the norm. It's not the norm for me. So, again, it was a new experience. But it was really, I, I just see that right at the beginning of the sabbatical, to have that experience of learning to go with the flow was really precious. On the way back, I stopped off at various places. Oh, sorry, there was one more of St. Ives, just to show you a pretty street in St. Ives. Um, On the way back, I stopped off at friends in various places around the country. And then the following week, I had the opportunity to go off to Turkey. I'd undenied whether I should or shouldn't go, but I am so grateful that I went. From the moment we arrived, it felt familiar to me. And a lot of that was because I've had the experience when I was younger that I lived in Greece. And so Greece and Turkey, there's lots of cultural things that are very similar. It was absolutely overwhelming. We were hearing last week some of the people that we met. I was bowled over and we... The next, so this is by the lake, beautiful setting. You've got the lake, you've then got miles of olive groves going up into the mountains. And then in the mountains, there's remote villages. So the next one. And in one of the villages, this is a picture of the oven where they bake their bread. And they bake it once a fortnight. And the bread has quite a thick crust on it. So it keeps nice for a couple of weeks. And so that's where they still bake their bread in this village. And then the next one, you'll see we did some home visits. I'm afraid it's a bit dark, but it was incredible to see the connections that God made. God made these, these people live in remote villages, yet God enabled us to go there and make the connections with them. And from that, there was just that sense that God leads us to places that we don't expect. And he will make the connections with people that really need it. And what a blessing. It was such a blessing. So after Turkey, I must admit, the first day back at home, it was a bit of a downer. It was like, oh, such an anticlimax. But it was fine. It was fine. Um, so I've got so many things. Um, as I said, I only want to really highlight some of them. So a little while, I did another couple of things. And then after that, I headed to the next place is Tottenham. Have I dislodged something? Um, So this is Elaine, who was in our congregation. Many of you will know her. This is the street where she now lives in Totnes. Okay, so the next one, please, Scott. And this is her new house. It's all the, the cream bit. It's a listed building. It's completely different from what she had before. It wasn't what she was expecting to buy. 
Um, it's way bigger than I expected it to be. It's got four bedrooms, four big double-sized bedrooms, so there's plenty of space for me. Uh, she'd only moved in a couple of weeks before I got there, and so, oh dear, what a pity her kitchen wasn't finished, so we had to go out to eat every night. Um, but again, it's wonderful to see her um, there. And whilst I was there, uh, we met up with Elizabeth, and both Elizabeth and Elaine send lots and lots of love to you all. They miss being part of this congregation, but they're loving it down in Devon. So they send their love. Whilst I was there, one of the reasons Elaine ended up down there was she goes to Marketplace Ministries. Whilst I was there, I had the opportunity of receiving some one-to-one ministry, which was also very special. And just to see that ministry that she's part of. Um, They've got like an industrial unit and they've got a well-equipped kitchen there. And every day they cook meals for the homeless. And there's a whole selection of homeless people that come there every day for a meal. And it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see that in action. So moving on. Um, Yep, we can go to the next one. Thank you, Scott. Um, This is the chapel. And if I try and say what those names are, I'll pronounce them wrong. So that's that's that chapel in that place. Um, I went up to Faldi Brennan, which is a Christian retreat center in the South Pembrokeshire area of Wales. Now, over the years, some of you will have heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard that there's been a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit there. And people talk about it being a thin place. So that means like a connection between earth and heaven is very, very close. So I went off there because I had a conference and I went with one of my sister-in-laws, which was great. And we went with high expectations to encounter God. Now, I thought when I booked the conference, we would be at the conference center but the conference, I'm sorry, the retreat center, but the retreat center isn't big enough to accommodate everybody who comes to the conference. So we booked into a local B&B. We had a meal in another place. We had our meetings in this chapel. And then we had the opportunity to go up to the retreat center in the afternoons. <laughs> so it was all a bit hickledy-pickledy. <laughs> And you think, okay, not quite what we thought, but we'll go with the flow. I'd learn, go with the flow, and we'll see how it goes. What was lovely about this chapel, it's in a valley, and there's nothing around it. It's just there. It's in a field. You know, it's down a lane in a field, but you go inside. Now, obviously, I was on a conference. There's about 150 of us. We're worshiping God together. But as we worshiped, there was that sense of the heritage that was in that chapel. How many hundreds of people had gone before us praying and praising God in that place? 
So to just be there worshipping God was fantastic. It was really, really good. Now, having read about this group of people who live at Brennan, you know, you think, wow, they're amazing. But you know what? The thing that really struck me when I got there was how unremarkable they were. You know? They weren't these larger-than-life figures of people. They were just normal people. But what is wonderful there is, as a community, they have a rhythm of prayer. And everything they do is undergirded by prayer. And in this rhythm of prayer, they pray four times a day together. Every day, whatever they're doing. And the Holy Spirit is using them in remarkable ways. The conference itself, uh, as I say, the worship was great. They looked after us well in the conference. The teaching was fine. It was really quite helpful. Again, it wasn't way out there, extraordinary, totally different. It was just good, solid stuff. But for me, being in that area of Wales was, it was just overwhelming. And some of that is because as a child, we went on family holidays and we must have gone to similar sorts of places. I don't think I'd ever been to that particular area. But there was something about the area that connected with me being me. And I have my little car and I'm driving down these little Welsh lanes. And even in my small car, sometimes that we were touching the hedges on either side, you know, and you couldn't see where you're going. And then suddenly you're confronted with a tractor or a, you know, a large uh, vehicle of some sort. And so then you have to think, oh, where, where, was, where was the last parking place I passed and start reversing back? Looking at the hedgerows, the foxgloves, the bracken, the, the wild strawberries in there, the, the foliage, um, it all meant so much to me. And I just really, really enjoyed it. And once I started to find my way around, I enjoyed driving down those lanes. I enjoyed the challenge of it. I enjoyed just being there. And sometimes, you know, in my craziness, it was just like I felt a bit like a rally driver. You know, because you, you're accelerating here and then having to brake and then, oh, there's a corner and you're going over a blind hill. You know, but it was fun and it was exhilarating. And everywhere I went, other than Scotland, unfortunately, everywhere I went, a beautiful weather. It was only in Scotland where it rained every day. Um, and anyway... As I said, my sister-in-law and I went to this conference with high expectations. We both felt we really wanted there to be something significant from going to this conference. And as I said, we didn't actually get up to Faldi Brennan, uh, or we were allowed to go in the afternoons. I didn't get there until the third day into the conference on that afternoon, I decided I was going up there because they had a, a system where you could go up at a certain time, but you couldn't come down. And because I wanted to explore the area, I, I didn't go up until the third day in. And 
I think it's the next slide shows it. This is the Christian Retreat Center. And you can't see it very clearly because unfortunately that was the one day it wasn't totally clear in the afternoon. So it was a bit misty and rainy. But from this view, I'm sitting at the top of the garden and you've got the lake and you've got the center and the valley goes sort of just where the pointy roof is. The valley goes along and then you've got all the hills in the background. But that round building is their chapel. So when I went up there, I thought, right, I'm going to go and sit in the chapel. And it's a, it's a cute little chapel. It's round. It's uh, whitewashed inside. It's built around a rock because they couldn't get rid of the rock when they were building. So they built the chapel around the rock. And they've got basically a bench around the walls. Now, obviously, all of us were there. We all wanted to hear from God. So I sat down in this chapel, and I thought, Lord, I want to hear from you. Come on, this is going to be my significant moment. I'm going to hear from you. Um, And then people are coming in, and people are going out. The door's opening, the door's shutting. Other people fidget. And I'm thinking, Lord, I can't concentrate on you. I can't concentrate on you. Help me to concentrate on you. And it took a while. And as I was thinking about it this morning, I was thinking, That's what we're like in real life, isn't it? We get so easily distracted by the other things around us. But when we want to hear from God, sometimes we have to just stay and be still and tune in. Now, I bought my journal with me. This is a journal that I kept during my sabbatical. Because once I got over all the distractions in the chapel... I started chatting to God, and it was a significant conversation, which I recorded, and I've written. I spent a long time enjoying God's presence in the chapel there. We started, we, meaning God and I, started a conversation which reminded me that I do hear from God. You know, how many times do we think, oh, I'll never hear from God? Actually, we do. And we talked about me having a significant encounter. And he asked me, so last year's event, saving my life, wasn't that significant enough? And I've I've written in my journal, lol. So I then said, okay, so Lord, yes, that was really rather significant that you saved my life last year. Um, So why am I here at the conference? And he said, just for fun. Just for fun. He said, he loves seeing me appreciate the beauty of his creation. He wanted me to see and experience the place to bless me. (laughs) How amazing is that? He took me there just because he wanted me to enjoy it. And he wanted me to experience it. And I did. And I did enjoy it. It was wonderful. So, of course, one of the other questions that's been on my mind for the past year, I asked him, I said, so, Lord, why did you save me last year? And he said, I saved you for your family for your friends, 
for Glenn, but especially for your children. That's why he saved me. Yes. So that was a really precious conversation with God. So I had my significant encounter with God. It might not have been the burning bush experience that I thought it might be, but it was being still and just chatting with God. So on the way back from Wales, as I said, some of what I was doing was I was taking time to visit friends. I have some friends who I used to childmine their daughter, and they happened to live in Oxford. And I thought, oh, it'd be lovely to go and see them. And then, of course, just after I thought had that idea in my preparation, I'll go back to Oxford after Wales, I got an invite to a wedding. It was Ben and Hannah's wedding. Where was it being held? Near Oxford. So I thought, great. So I went to stay with my friends in Oxford, and we went to Ben and Hannah's wedding. And there they are, Ben and Hannah are married, and they're holding the snitch that Lois made for them. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, ask Lois. She's sitting over there. Um, The wedding was wonderful. But I had the opportunity to go to my friend's house on the Friday evening. And then Glenn and Lois came up on the Saturday. We went to the wedding. And then Glenn and I spent some time with our friends. And we had Sunday morning with them. I knew it would be lovely to see these people again. I knew it was going to be fantastic. Just seeing them. I saw the girls that I used to look after when they were tiny and they're now grown up and one's already finished uni. Um, What I hadn't anticipated was the extra blessing that God was going to give me whilst I was there. Our friends, he's a consultant at the John Ratcliffe Hospital. So on the Friday night, obviously this is the first time I'm seeing them since last year, he was interested in what happened to me last year. As a consultant, he found it absolutely fascinating to hear what was it like for me waking up after being unconscious for a week. He, we had a really good conversation. He was so interested that when Glenn and Lois came the next day, they bought my hospital notes. So whilst we were out celebrating Ben and Hannah's wedding, he was studying my hospital notes from last year. He is a consultant who obviously refers people to intensive care. When we got back from the wedding and we'd got a drink and we sort of settled down, he just looked at me and he said, I am so glad I'm going to say this and I can see you in front of me and I can see that you are well. And again, I'm going to read what, what he shared. He was really shocked at just how ill I'd been. He truly thinks it's miraculous I'm here. As a consultant, he has never known anybody as sick as I was to survive, and especially to survive without any lasting damage. He explained that the virus that I got last year was actually damaging the muscles in my legs, 
It was a locum registrar who first suspected sepsis, and he started me on the strongest possible antibiotics before I crashed. And our friend Prad just looked at me and he said, you were on that medication and you still crashed. He said, if someone has two major systems down, they're suitable for intensive care. Now, those of you who are medics, you'll know some of this. For me, listening to him itemizing things, I found really helpful, and that's why I'm sharing it with you this morning. He said, if someone has two major systems down, they're suitable for ICU. If they have three systems fail, they only have a 30% chance of survival. I didn't have two. I didn't have three. I had four systems down. And they were completely off the scale. So my heart, my lungs, my kidneys, my liver... It was very moving to hear him share that and to share it in a way that I'm, I can now explain to other people in layman's language just how sick I was. Earlier on in the sabbatical, whilst I was visiting a church in Brixton, I spontaneously shared a bit of my testimony And the friends that I was with afterwards, they said, it was really good that you got up and shared, but you should have given more detail. You should have given more detail about how sick you were. And so now I have the tools of explaining how sick I am. And you all need to know that because you prayed, that's why I'm here. Yes. So what else has happened during the sabbatical as the sabbatical has gone on is my energy levels have risen. I thought I was doing well before I went on sabbatical, but sometimes you don't realize you're still functioning under par until you go up a level. And I thought, yes, I've regained my energy levels. And that came over a period, well, it's it's been a year. It's been a year. Um, I've been able to go back to swimming and started swimming on a regular basis again. I'll tell you, that first length I did in backstroke, oh, it was so hard. And I like going to Crystal Palace pool, so that is a longer pool. And it was really difficult, whereas now I can do it easily. So I can confidently say that during my sabbatical, I am now completely recovered from what happened last year. So praise God. Praise God. What I was struck by throughout my time was God's attention to detail, especially in small things. Now, these small things are things that meant a lot to me, and they possibly wouldn't mean a lot to anyone else. Or was it just that I had the time to listen to them? Aren't we like that sometimes? When I was on a retreat down in Sussex, I was in a particular bedroom, and there's a desk in the corner of the bedroom, and I really wanted time to sit at the desk and do some writing. It was a led retreat, so there were sessions, and when we had free time, I was making the most of being in the countryside. 
So I never got to sit at the desk and write like I wanted to. I went down to breakfast on the Sunday morning and we were going to have to clear our rooms immediately after breakfast before the next session. At breakfast, it was announced that we didn't have to clear our rooms, that we could stay in our rooms for the rest of the afternoon after the conference had finished. And for me, that was like, thank you, Lord. You knew I wanted that time. So I got those extra hours in the room to be able to sit at the desk. Um, And it was little details like that that meant so much. And as I said at the beginning, I've got so many of those but I'm not going to bore you with them all now. But I just want you to know, God is a God who pays attention to the details of our lives. After being at Ben and Hannah's wedding, the cherry on the top of the cake, so to speak, meant that Glenn and I managed to have a holiday in Spain. And so here's Glenn in the new camp, Barcelona, for you football fans, the second largest football stadium in the world. Uh, So we had a tour there in Barcelona, which was wonderful. And uh, the next one, uh, whilst we were in Barcelona, we didn't spend the whole time in Barcelona. This was just a day trip there. Um, We saw these wonderful fountains in the evening. Uh, But it was wonderful just for Glenn and I to be able to get away and just chill and enjoy each other's company. So it was really, really special. Oh, and the last last slide, we came home, and it was Mitch and Becky's wedding, which was also wonderful. Um, it was wonderful for me because I had both my children there, and it's always nice to see be there as a whole family. So we really enjoyed that time together. As Eleanor read earlier, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know what was going to happen. But he blessed me. I trusted him. He taught me to go with the flow. It was wonderful. It was wonderful to have the freedom, the time and the freedom to be me and just me a lot of the time. Um, And it was really, really special. And like I said at the beginning, I can't thank you enough. I am so grateful for having had the opportunity uh, of the sabbatical. Now, I haven't come back with a huge, big, new vision of what project I'm going to run or what I'm going to do. Um, But I have got a reinforced knowledge of God's love and his acceptance. And I have a strong desire to keep going with the flow, trusting that the Holy Spirit will keep guiding me. Um, At the conference, we were encouraged in how we should live. And I want to just share a scripture. And one of the things they did in Wales was they took their time. They didn't rush it. They read slowly and purposefully. And they paused to let God's word sink in. So I thought I would do the same for you today. So this is from Romans. Romans 8, 38. 
For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Same verses in a different version. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, or where we are, high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God which was demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. I had a truly wonderful time. I really enjoyed myself. I don't know, some of you will know the book, Hind's Feet on High Places. I felt like that one day, skipping across on the high hills in Wales. My brother, when I stayed with him, coming into my bedroom early in the morning with a mug of tea, just like my mum would have done. So precious. I have so many wonderful, wonderful memories. Lois asked me the other evening, well, mum, what's what's the one that's going to stick in your mind the most? I can't answer it. Actually, I really can't answer it because all of it was so amazing. Now, don't be misled, though, Because in amongst it all, I was also doing day-to-day normal stuff. You know, there's still the washing to be done. There's still sorting things out. There's shopping. You know, but that fitted in amongst it. So anyway, I give God thanks for all of you for enabling me to go. And I look forward to seeing what God's going to do as I've returned. And we'll see how he leads us all. But as I shared about in Wales, they undergird everything with the rhythm of prayer. So I've brought a couple of prayers with me that I thought we could share together. These are two of the prayers that come from their morning time of prayer. And I know we're not quite morning now, but so Scott, if we could have the first one up. So have a quick look at it. See if you're happy to pray that aloud. And then those that are happy to pray it, why don't you stand? Let's exercise ourselves a bit. Let's stand and pray this prayer together. Almighty God, in view of your great mercy, we lay our lives down as a morning sacrifice for you. Choosing to die to self, We ask you to pour your mighty resurrection power through us.
that Jesus may be revealed and your kingdom come in power, changing us and redeeming the world. Amen. And then the next one, please, Scott. This is very much focusing on prayer for our land. O high King of heaven, have mercy on our land. Revive your church. Send your Holy Spirit for the sake of the lost, the least, and the broken. May your kingdom come to our nation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you all very much.